Welcome to the Dev Ready Podcast, where we're helping non-techs build better tech. Today, we're talking to a founder, Slavan, from the Coaching Center. He's the Managing Director, and has spun out a product to help connect coaches uh, to executives and even people within business from a coaching perspective. Slavan, thank you for joining us. Yeah. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Anthony, for inviting me. Slavan, let's take back before technology. Um, generally, when we go ahead and build something, there's a problem, some sort of problem state or something that comes along the journey. Um, how did you stumble across that? That's probably the first thing that uh, is always where we start and begin when we start this journey of product mm. development. Yeah, it was probably a problem, so trying to solve a problem, sort of uh, um, being in, in, in a coaching and executive coaching space for quite some time. And uh, um, it's a bit of a challenge. So everyone sees a benefit. I see benefit all the time. And uh, when I ask executives, uh, what's the reason if they see so many benefits, they don't offer the same opportunity to more leaders within their organization that funding has always been that obstacle that they sort of kind of pointing towards. You know, uh, um, and, and that's how it all started. So uh, I'm very passionate about leadership, so sort of, uh, very involved in that area. I can see the benefit and I can see the impact that leaders could have, a positive or negative impact on people around them. Um, so I kind of got a drawing board and started thinking how to make uh, uh, um, coaching more accessible to more leaders, and that's how where journey started. Yeah, I think I've always, I haven't always, but I've had coaches along the journey of business, and um, yeah, it's quite fascinating. A lot of the blockers are you and <laughs> your, your what's in your way. Um, mm. You learn that over the journey, so I think there's definitely value here. Sure. Um, I think the cost component can be significant depending on who you're actually working with. So how did you, like from a technology standpoint, let's, let's talk a bit about the, the tech and how you started thinking about being a technology solution. Why mm. couldn't it just be a collection of coaches that got distributed? What was the, the difference and how did you think about reducing the price point with the mm. technology? Mm. Um, well, the technology is unavoidable. I think we just need to adopt it and, and use it the best way we can possibly can. And um, I always embrace technology. I suppose it's nothing new for me. So I, I um, and thinking how to solve a problem, democratize coaching, make it more accessible. Uh, like you know, I found that technology was solutions. So, uh, I work with the coaches that. Um, um, uh, qualified, uh, they obviously charge their hourly rates, and uh, there's time associated with it. So that was probably variable that would stay the same. So what else can I do to to make that impact? And and a technology provider solution, sort of being able to, I suppose, connect coaches with executives and leaders in organisation and reduce that time involved in preparation and all that admin, which quite often takes almost as much time as a coaching, but really focused on the coaching. Got it. So delivering a really poignant solution, come in, run, run the coaching, and then mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. can move on to another client. Understood. Okay. That's generally where the efficiencies are found with mm -hmm. tech. It's in the operation. I mean, all the, the yeah. repetitive tasks, mm -hmm. that low value tasks effectively for the expert doing them. Yeah, yes, put on entity. Like, you know, coaching obviously we couldn't reduce, like that's the way real thing happens. Or, yeah, yeah, how to reduce those repetitive tasks can and make it easier for, I suppose, coaches on the other side to 
just turn up essentially and, and have everything ready for them before and after, but also to be able to, people on the other side, uh, to, to support them so they need to worry about all these things that I need to do uh, in between sessions as well and I support them on that journey. When you started thinking about the solution right at the beginning, what was the first step for you? Um, I'd like to ask this question because everyone's got a different take on first step. You obviously mm-hmm. coming from a non-technical background. What was the first step? Was it trying to write out your ideas on paper? Was it engaging with um, people in your network? What was that first step that you took? Um, a research. I, I did quite a bit of research. Uh, so, who are uh, companies that are providing similar solutions? So, um, and I find the number of those who are probably not in Australia, but international. So, has quite a few in US, UK, Germany, like Europe. But I haven't found any in, in Australia. So, uh, I'll probably spent about two months researching. So I started very small and I started building with like a quite excessive spreadsheet and see what they do well and uh, what potential can I learn from it and, and do even better. And they started building from there. Um, so it, like, it took a lot longer than I thought, like two months journey, just kind of get idea. Um, mm-hmm. is, is it possible? Like, you know, should I be embarking on that journey at all? Yeah. During the research, what was your intent? Was it to understand the business model? Was it to understand the service delivery? Was it to look at competitors to see how they were doing things, replicate, find something unique you could do differently? Or was it just gathering information in the early stage? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was quite intentional. A business model, obviously, sort of see how uh, how they operate. Uh, and quite a few companies, like four or five that are used as a research uh, are similar, but there are some differences. Um, and the, then a service offering. So w- what they offer as a service uh, being, and so identifying based on that some some areas where uh, I potentially could do better. And it's kind of, and what that better might be and uh, how that might look like, let's say, in, in a possible solution, how that might look like in reality. Got it. So... As you went through that journey and it was that two-month little process of the research, understand the business model, how competitors are operating, what that service delivery model could look like, where did you get to? Did you put together a business plan? Did you put together a bunch of PowerPoints in terms of a concept? What was your step after that to represent the idea and concepts? Yeah, it's a PowerPoint, actually. It is something that I'm accustomed to, so I thought... Um, I've researched quite a few areas, and it's been like it seems uh, when you embark on something new, particularly technology, like you know, there are some solutions out there. But say, rather than learning new system, I've been using PowerPoint. It's very easy for me so to create, and I potentially more so kind of visualize for myself how that might look like. So it's this concept and idea, but how that might look like, uh, and. Um, and I think it's only then that I become a little bit more real when I kind of start putting slides and how a solution might look like. And then there are additional questions through how everything in, 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 in the back of the solution, how to connect everything, everything so it works. <laughs> so uh, I was really, and that was actually quite insightful journey. And, and it took me perhaps four weeks 
just going back and forward, so deleting, moving slides, adding things. Uh, I need this information. I need this solution to be able to, to get this. And um, but yeah, but PowerPoint worked uh, well for me. Got it. So that, was it. that visual component is important. So if you can visualize a few things, put some dot points together, it can quite help. <laughs> Question for you around the PowerPoint. If you were to think back to that PowerPoint, when did you do that? How long ago? Oh, well, it was um, yeah. probably September last year. Okay, so not too far away. Okay, yeah, got it. Yeah, yeah. So where you are now with your second iteration of products, how close is it, is it aligned to that PowerPoint? Or has it changed significantly over the journey? Uh, well, it's definitely become better. Uh, you know, I, I learned along the way, so I'm uh, not touch expert and uh, like you know, even working on it, like you know, I had to use Google as a dictionary just to being able to interpret some of the terminology and how to explain and articulate it. Because uh, I suppose to get where I'm now, it's not just about idea in my head, but how to articulate that idea to developer. Because what I might think, observe, and picture might be very different uh, from from developer perspective. Um, and I find I spend quite a bit of time on that on that space. Um, it's very close. The, the the skeleton of the the, the solution that the web app is very close to where I started. But then certainly the developer why added additional features that mm-hmm. um, were really beneficial. Perfect. That's a good summary of how you might approach it. Because uh, when designing or getting something in your head with we have to obviously write it down, draw some pictures, get some things going, get the juices flowing. Um, that's a good place to start. In terms of the, at what point did you feel comfortable to have a conversation with the development group or start approaching oh, the technical areas? PowerPoint for version one or version two? Uh, so version two, that's it, version, version two. two. So yeah, yeah. Um, so version one is a very simple, like, and, and uh, um, well, I, I learned a lot from that experience and I, I, perhaps that learning, it was really, it's beneficial because I, I got a bit of clear picture and I realized I need to spend more time in preparing and making sure to take a, a number of boxes rather than, well, uh, I want to design this and so let's do it next week. <laughs> and what was the, um, the PowerPoint for version one or two? I think it was version one. Um, so definitely, uh, sort of. <laughs> First version, like I had only a few slides and, and a second version, uh, um, but it, it was quite robust, but like, you uh-huh. know, I had a hundred slides and it's been very so specific oh, well. with, uh, with quite a few explanations and a point and notes, uh, uh, so kind of to be able to track the development. So I find, and that was my learning from the first one, I made all these changes, but then I like forgot what, what why I needed this. <laughs> it, it can happen. That, yeah. 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 So, uh, so I learn, I learn, uh, I don't know if it's hard or, or good way, but I learn it in, in a way to, uh, like, you know, really being, um, just uh, thinking this is draft and then just be comfortable adding notes and adding sort of any changes and iteration. Um, so it's been, but yeah, quite a few slides at the end. Did you take that through with some stakeholders before you approached the development team or did you take it straight to the development team and get them to then put their spin on it or did they just use it as is? 
couple of questions there. Yeah. Um, actually, I took it to develop it straight away and kind of like, you know, we started a conversation and um, uh, it, it wasn't that now conversation, so it's a, a set of discussions of how that might look like and it's some of the things that I might kind of envision to do uh, from from developer's perspective. Uh, and there might be different solution. And, and it's been sort of, um, and I think that's really important, uh, like in those conversations with developers because uh, we come across some, I suppose, for me, obstacles that I didn't know how to address. I knew what that might look like, but you know, through through those conversations, there's some really good suggestions that actually make the solution even better, uh, better than I envision. Um, so yeah, went straight to developer and I kind of spent quite a bit of time uh, explaining and, and the step by step. Um, I'm pretty sure it wasn't exciting on the other side to look through uh, like a sort of number of slides, but yeah, like you know, you have to go through it, I guess. Oh, it, it's useful coming from a developer's perspective to have you to have thought out the product and the screens and the information that you want, because otherwise we have to spend all the time to extract all of that from you and get to the same result. Mm. So if you can put it down in a presentation or a hand drawer or any method, you're kickstarting the development like it shouldn't take as long to get started and it should be much easier to get the information across and get them to understand what you're trying to achieve if you do that that's an interesting point that's what i learned sort of kind of um and i started asking my question in second iteration what question i might be asked by developer what's what next like you know and i really spent a time on um on a branding and, and a color, and it's just kind of to avoid confusion because uh, being my own solution, like yeah, particularly at the start, you know, it's very easy to forget that uh, all these small things might not make much sense to person on the other side and rather than correcting it later. So, uh, and that was always on my, like on my mind. So for every screen, um, what question I might be asked by developer, you know, or based on this and trying to address here. So yeah, it was good, good learning, but, um, longer we worked, the process got quicker, I think, because I learned uh, as well to, to ask myself questions, those questions more often. So when I present something, uh, it was, I suppose, much easier to understand and as Andrew said not going back and forward and then checking with me what did you mean by this what about this yep one of the um the things that people maybe not don't understand about development is it's a process um, and it's very granular the amount of detail that you need to deliver a solution I think coming in it from a non-technical perspective you would have learned that across the journey as you started presenting screens in those gaps, what, a what else would a developer ask? Because in the end, it's a work, generally like a system like yours is probably a workflow state. It's a process driven system, which has inputs, outputs, triggers, new events, et cetera. Um, but you need to consider every step in that process. How did you get into that mindset coming from a non-technical perspective? What was what closed you to get into that mindset? It's an important piece for people to think about if they're coming into this world. Yeah, uh, like this is interesting. As I said, I learned about like working in a space. I'm a big picture person, so I kind of 
you know, idea. I know what what kind of that might look like. But um, I think um, it's actually that conversation with the developer. Can I say, well, you know, uh, it seems like you know, particularly the start, which is going back and forward, asking like a question, sort of what I can do on my side to 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 make this process easier. Um, not that I was getting frustrated. So I thought, well, my developer is asking all these questions. Wouldn't they guess this? <laughs> like, and I'm not thinking, like, you know, well, they probably don't have the same idea as I do. So kind of an worth that and kind of start thinking, well, they're probably, like, they're probably asking because they don't know the answer. Otherwise, they wouldn't ask. So at a kind of like, actually, one session we caught up is kind of how to make that process easier, what to think to provide uh, in the first time, uh, as much information and, and, and clarity, and like as you mentioned, re being really granular, like you know, not just assuming, like you know, well, like you know, previous slide, like you know, you would guess, like uh, you would have idea, like in you know, a theme and how that might look like, but not like you're moving beyond that and being like specific in, in every area. Yeah, it is um, a bit of a. a a jump for people that aren't in the space. But when you get down to delivery, they're more specific, the less chance of errors <laughs> and building things that don't make sense and then rework and you know, all of the above. Um, you don't want to be assuming things as a developer. You're not like the domain expert or you can ask as many questions as you want to understand as much as possible. It's still a drop in the ocean of the amount of information or knowledge you would have in the area compared to the person we're dealing with like yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, don't know, I guess sometimes like, you need to remember the developers work on other projects as well. So to remembering everything that I want, um, as I said, not assuming. And I think that was learning for me. Uh, mm -hmm. Move away from assuming and it just, uh, it's better to provide x-ray information than, than less. And, and that's where we kind of started and. Like at the beginning, like I was thinking, am I bombarding with too much information, the developer? Like, not at all. And it's actually, as you said, more information is better. So don't let me kind of guessing sort of, yeah. Um, so yeah, I learned along the way not to assume and, and really sort of trying to put myself in the shoes of a person that is not involved in the industry, not involved in the area I work hard. Uh, um, I have more experience coming from that tech, tech background and yeah, it, it took some time, but if I knew at the start, like, the process would be smoother at the start like, as well. So I, I think perhaps there's not those checkpoints that to remind people what do you need to think about, how, uh, what, how to approach this before starting on a journey. And, and perhaps even just same as my experience, I can imagine not tech people who be building tech as kind of uh, tech um, technology would um, perhaps approach this same, mm. like a big idea. And I kind of, mm -hmm. oh, how would you know? You're a developer, kind of guess it, make it, make it look like the way I want it, but not, not explaining. Um, so, um, so yeah. Obviously, I don't need that like a checklist now. Hopefully not. Like you know, everything is working, and and I think uh, that second iteration works just perfectly. Meets all what I need. But I think, like you know, 
And I think I couldn't find any resources that maybe in your company that might be a little bit different mm. your resources, not just about what is needed, but maybe at that whole approach to, to developing solution. Mm. I think um, you hit the nail head a little bit there. And it becomes that transfer of knowledge and understanding how to transfer knowledge. It's one of the biggest challenges in the space of technology. How do you transfer knowledge from somebody that doesn't understand what they need to transfer? So what you don't know, you don't know. Um, how do you educate them on that process? And you need to be guided by your technical team, partners, whatever they look like to really work on that piece. Um, we speak to a number of different, especially in non-tech is our focus because we see that the non-techs like yourself have a lot of IP, a lot of lot to bring to the world, to the domain, to whatever you're doing to solve new problems. Um, but in effect, one of the key problems in the space is that domain transfer. How do you transfer that knowledge to a development team, to a product consultant, to an innovation consultant, whoever you engage first, to ensure that you're going to get a product that's going to serve what you're thinking about, your current market, your clients, etc. And in, in a clean and efficient way, not an easy solution to solve for. Like in terms of product, it's, like it's, it's about 86% of all projects fail um, in tech. So if you look at businesses, it's pretty on par. 90% fail, it's a similar thing. And fail means over time, over budget, wrong solution. Oh. Wrong solution is that whole domain knowledge transfer, information sharing piece. It's one of the biggest issues in the space that everyone's looking to solve for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was my experience as well. Mm -hmm. In in, in kind of, you probably Mm -hmm. kind of say Mm -hmm. directly or indirectly through conversation. It's just how to explain my expertise and my knowledge, how that works to a person that got no idea, you know, like you know about let's say executive leadership coaching and what clients need and how that happens on a kind of more granular level, Um, and I. I probably didn't understand then, like, you know, that's what I need to do, kind of make it mm. simple and easy, like, you know, so a person to understand what the business is all about and how that might look like for them to be able to kind of get, I suppose, a little bit better picture in their head, how that might look like <laughs> in, in, in the solution as well. Makes sense. When you went about selecting development team or tech teams to work with, what was the approach? What were you looking for? What did you find worked for you? Just, mm. did, and did you mm. go with a different team for the second build? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, not that like first team didn't do well. Uh, I think uh, perhaps, you know, I didn't receive as much guidance. So that you need to be able to mm. kind of, perhaps it was that, I'm not sure if I maybe on both sides that assumption. So I was assuming, like, you know, they, the team on the other side is assuming and perhaps that's why it didn't work as well. Mm. Um, and that was learning itself. So that's perhaps that's why the second team, like, it was a very uh, sort of different approach. So rather like moving from assuming to, to understanding. Um, um, and the second team I actually got on back, um, uh, I asked for references. Um, and, uh, um, and the team that I work, still working with on a couple of things, um, got really good references on businesses that are not on the same level, but the solution is fairly similar and, uh, that I, yeah. And 
I called a um, couple of CEOs and, and asked them sort of just to get sort of their ideas, how did they go about and uh, um, and the person that, you know, um, the the business manager or developers um, team that got really good feedback from, from CEOs. And actually, I, yeah, that was my sort of tipping point. I went with them. Was it a different pitch from the two different groups on how they would approach the solution and the build? Or is it more because you went through what you went through in the first one, you sort of knew what questions to ask of the second team? Hmm. Well, I think it's probably more me than, than actually the developer team, like in a first iteration. Mm -hmm. So, um, being sort of, uh, perhaps I went there into conversation to laissez-faire, but you know, I know what I want and it kind of, like, yeah. you know, well, developers, they would just make like a do miracle and make it happen. Um, <laughs> if only it was that easy. <laughs> and. And I, I, it's probably like now when I think it's probably more me rather than developers because you know I perhaps didn't spend enough time to put a little bit more thought to it, more on a, on a granular level, and and be able, like you know, Anthony, as you said, ask the right question before making decision. So um, yeah, like it's it, yeah, why didn't it work? Yeah, it, it's probably me. Because, yeah, I just didn't know what I was doing, I guess. Yeah. I, I think that's probably the, the biggest thing we've seen is people ex think making software is easy. <laughs> Where if you're not planning right, it's like if you're building a house, if you don't build the foundations right, the house isn't going to be what you want it to be or grow to what you need it to grow to if you want that renovation in some point in time. But yeah. software is, as Andrew said earlier, it's like it's very systematic, very detailed and granular. Yeah. So unless you get all that detail, you can build the wrong thing very, very easily. And the interpretation of one word, if both sides are not clear on what that word means, can shift the entire product. <laughs> yes. You accidentally say not instead of no, or like oh, just throw that in there by accident and then shift it everything. What, what I'd ask is um, what I find that works with, with non-techs like yourself is teams need to be willing and open to learn. Like, like from my perspective, you need to walk into a relationship with someone like yourself and want to understand your business, the research you've done in the background, what the thinking is, what the models you're thinking are, and bring concepts and ideas to the table. That is the only approach in my mind. I've, every time, every business that we've spoken to, you might say it's you, but if you are guided in a way where you were questions and people kept continuously digging in on how you operate, what the current state is, what the future state vision is, uh, what's the minimum we need to get to from where we are now to getting some people on the platform, what's those quick wins? If you can really dig in and spend the time in that headspace and that thinking space, it doesn't matter if you're technical or not. I think it's more that willingness to close the gap and making sure we're delivering the right solution or a solution that's really going to add value to you. Um, the people that are actually coming on board. So in your world, it's the coaches and the executives. Um, yeah. And you've got obviously administration component. So I think that is probably the biggest challenge that um, so non-techs have with tech teams is sometimes techs like things put on a plate. Um, and we've got techs in our business to do that, but we front that, right? So as consultants, we're really getting to know the business and understanding it. 
Um, there's no if, buts, ways of doing this uh, else. There, you cannot do it any other way and do it right any other way. Um, that's our finding over the journey, um, but that's how we would definitely approach it with someone like yourself. But the more you know, the better it is for people like us too. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I like it. I probably, you know, with the first developers, the first group, like, I probably, like, it was obviously I assume, but I'm looking to your point, Andrew, perhaps I didn't get enough questions as well, like on the other side, you know, to how to get that better idea. And how to, like you mentioned, kind of building, building it from scratch and building it like it's sustainable, as Anthony mentioned, you know, not kind of building something that, you're not able to expand, and 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 I kind of, that's kind of that's what I perhaps in the first iteration of what I was thinking with it with this second one, like you know, how are we going to sort of start so we're able to to add and expand and not kind of reinventing the wheel, but you know being able to have I suppose solution that we can add the building block on, on it down the track and. And it, it really works well. So, like, you know, we completed it. Um, so uh, I'm already working on, on a couple of things that I wanted to add on on uh, on, on the web app. And um, and I was even surprised that, like, you know, the, the, the developer team, like, oh, yeah, like, this like this, how long is it going to take? I said, oh, that's pretty quick. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, like, you know, it might be coming through a kind of, we started really well from the start to the ability on, on that level. So it's much easier to add additional features to it. Mm. Yeah. The biggest hurdle in development is getting to that, what people coin the minimum viable. So that product that you can deploy and get users. Beyond that, it's incre little incremental improvement provided you're built on a good foundation. It should be quite easy after that to incrementally evolve your project. So um, um, that's that's one of the things. It's always getting to MVP is the biggest challenge for anybody. Yeah. yeah. Beyond like that. rearranging your furniture in the house at that point. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it takes quite a while after. to get to the point yeah. to get yeah. to that. Mm, yeah. It does. So... In terms of if you were to go back to yourself right at the beginning, what would you have done differently if you're going on this journey and advising something that's maybe in your shoes, just take um, it back 12 months, thinking about a concept, an idea, where uh, would you have started this time around? Um, we'll definitely have a more robust uh, conversation with, with developers, which kind of want to learn to sort of explain the business that like, you, know, you and you mentioned, it really had a how that might look like, even some of the terminology, like, you know, who's a client, who's customer, like, you know, who's executive coach, who's leadership coach, who's a sponsored client. I mean, just sometimes that terminology can be confusing. So really spending time and, and how, how that might look like. And um, that's probably my biggest learning and perhaps those sort of some uh, checkpoints and, and reminders uh, along the way. Um, I would definitely invite even more questions from from uh, from a tech team <laughs> to, to be able to sort of anything that I say that doesn't make sense, like, you know, to, to kind of bring in in a conversation and uh, and perhaps um, perhaps offering other solution on a, on a particular part of, of the problem that might be better, which I experienced along the way, how, you know, something that I thought this might work, but 
Um, it worked even better based on a suggestion from from a tech team. Um, uh, that was quite beneficial. So, uh, so yeah, if I, yeah, one one thing that I would do differently, even before anything, is just spend more time and explaining the business and get into those details. But explaining business to a person that does not much not much of business and be, be very specific and, and I guess. Uh, and they're not just sort of explaining, but spend a time thinking how to articulate that to to other person so they get right information. It makes a lot of sense. Let's let's go to future uh, the the coaching center. What's the vision? What's the goal? What are you trying to achieve? You obviously, built product, got to an MVP. You're moving. Where do you want to take it over the next twenty four months? Mm, yeah. Uh, well. We focus on the Australian market, so we work with uh, Australian um, uh, enterprises, large organisations. So, uh, hopefully, and and I, I think to be able to support some smaller businesses, that's a plan down the track. Because uh, I see, and I get involved in, in a small to medium businesses one way or another. Sometimes even in the coaching, um, they are quite often get left behind because. That they might not be able to afford some of those areas to kind of look in that space. So small to medium businesses support them um, and they support their leaders to, to, to I, I guess, drive business and motivate people and, and engage them and, and look out for productivity. Um, and then, yeah, moving internationally. So uh, I was very, uh, I suppose, didn't want to buy too much, so focus on Australian market and in a particular areas and sectors and then expand. So the plan is big vision. So um, uh, next year to uh, expand into small to medium businesses, um, then after they go internationally. And along the way um, will be, I guess we can't avoid that uh, Nowadays, AI, so the key to involved AI coaching as a part of the solution. Um, I already started a conversation with, with someone who's, who's got like something in developing that space. So I just don't want to rush through. And like, you know, what we talked about before, I learned something from, from, from my experience in, in building their web app. So, and this is, I will be. Not completely new, but quite different. So, um, yeah. Uh, so that's, uh, yeah. So, um, uh, small to medium businesses, international and, and AI coaching. Yeah. And it makes a lot of sense. Um, the SME market is quite a large market. If you can build a model that is achievable for them, the AI piece could actually make it viable. Um, if you've got a hybrid model, I feel like this AI will come into coaching in a big way. But I still feel like you still need that one-on-one. -on -one. So there has to be a hybrid model. I don't know if you just want to talk to a machine. <laughs> yeah, and you st yeah, it's someone to connect to. So when you're in coaching, there's moments where you're in a crappy place and you need just someone to bring you out of that and have a connection with and just mm -hmm. share a story that they've their experiences. I find that some great coaches share good stories too. It's, um, yeah, so it's, Yes, they're asking great questions, but they're also sharing the stories about their their life, their journey. And I find that that brings a bit of a closer the gap between the coach and the coachee, in my mind. 
Yeah, definitely. And I, and I actually read an article uh, not a while ago, like a couple of weeks ago, and it's just like the coaching could actually avoid that gap because we use technology more, uh, hybrid mm. working, remote working, uh -huh. avoid that gap to, for human connections. Uh -huh. is, uh, uh, like leader management is reducing. We have more people managing more people, uh, more leaders managing more people. So they don't have enough time to be able to support them so, but that that's my view as well. So, lead, uh, leadership coaching and executive coaching can actually warm that gap. And AI coaching, it's it's quite different. Uh, I think we still mm. need that human connection. And uh, so, what I see AI coaching might be that SME space, perhaps kind of combination to reduce, I suppose, entry point and make it a little bit more palatable for for SME to be able to invest. Might not get Ferrari, but it still get Mercedes, so that's still okay. Yeah, yeah. If they can provide help and at a more a, a easier scale, then why not? Yeah, brilliant, Slavon. Uh, thank you for coming on, sharing your experience and journey. I really appreciate you taking the time. If anyone wants to find out more about the coaching center, it's just thecoachingcenter.com.au. Go check them out. Um, there's a little bit of a spiel and website there, so have a bit of a look and. Um, if they, someone wants to engage with you, how do they do that? Can they just do that from the website or reach out and connect? What's the approach? Yeah, website is usually a good, good way. There is a connect that form on a website, so uh, that's probably easier. Uh, I'm also quite um, uh, active on LinkedIn, so people, if they want to connect there, let them more than happy to connect there as well. Oh, beautiful. Now, thank you, Slav. I really appreciate you joining us on Perfect. the Deep Ready Podcast. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Andrews. Thanks, Anthony. I really enjoyed it.